All right, everybody. Well, welcome to the Can, and this is a show where we discuss the experience of living in the correction system, the way it makes impact on individuals personally, um, and also to talk about the, the culture of prison. And uh, today, I, I am not, though I was once in a holding cell as a 16-year-old, it doesn't really count, but my co-hosts here have had that experience. Uh, so... Uh, we'll start off with uh, Jason McMurray. Uh, just give us the bare bones of your experience in terms of uh, the kinds of facilities you've you've been incarcerated in, um, and what le- events that led up to it. Uh, I've had a basic experience in juvenile facilities. Uh, I have extensive knowledge of. Uh, the way they work and different ones, why not specifically in the state I work or live in. Uh, it's different state to state here in, in America. So uh, unless you're like you're a super serial killer, you're you're not going to be in federal custody. It's, it's just going to be something that uh, is based on the guidelines. So here in California, uh, they have a uh, pretty strict penal code, and uh, they focus a lot on language. So if I – anyways, it's really difficult to get away with anything out here once you get caught. And uh, I ended up doing a rap for uh, vehicular manslaughter <clears throat> in uh, Youth Authority. Yeah, I was going to say that you went to uh, YA, uh, or, a, or what we used to call it, it was Gladiator School. Yeah, it's pretty rough, isn't it? Yeah. I, yeah. Did not, I did not go to the Gladiator School, but I was in a Youth Authority uh, the youth authority is basically like the uh, the uh, what's it called the penal not the penal <laughs> no the uh, like the so if you get if you have to go to state prison when you're an adult you go to the penitentiary mm-hmm. the the youth authority is that for minors yeah so yeah. so so those that have infractions that require uh, uh, more of a uh, commitment than a year or so go to these youth authority facilities and it's you know it's it's really based on what you did and who you are and the you know uh, this and that so uh there's like the Gladiator School up in Preston. There's uh, there's a, another one. Uh, they like to send people to uh, camps. Uh, I can't remember what the nickname was for it, but there was this one up in Crescent City and uh, Barrow. And uh, Barrow. Yeah, they love yeah. to send people up there. And uh, But I ended up going to this place and, uh, somewhere else, but it's all youth authority. Like it's all clinical. It's all uh, state by the book. You know regulations. Well, yeah. I was under the impression until recently that um, if you're in juvie uh, and then you turn 18, they just put you in adult prison. But then I found out they can actually keep you until you're like what, like 24 or something like that. In California, uh, I'm not sure about federal offenses, but state offenses, they gotta, uh, and let they gotta cut you loose right after you. Uh, I think they got six months after you turn 18 to, to uh, cut, either cut you loose or retry you as an adult and transfer you. Yeah. And how old were you when you started uh, your first sentence? Uh. Incarcerated, I was 17. First time I ever been locked up. Wow, 17. Yeah, 17. Never been locked up. Country boy. I did a year. No, it was you know, it was actually a little bit more near. It was like 14, 15 months or something like that. But uh, 
I learned a lot of things. And Raymond, uh, I understand you've been a bit of a hellion in the past. <laughs> yeah. Tell us yeah. how. Tell us how you came. So, how old were you when you first uh, went away, and uh, what the charges that led up to it, and all those well, details? Well, the first time I went away isn't even the beginning of the whole story. If you want to get technical, I mean, I was born to a criminal and some drug addicts, and. Uh, when I was about three, my father was arrested and um, sent to prison for 20, either 20 or 22 years. Who was um, in charge? It was all burglaries. My dad was a, my dad was a big um, burglar, safe cracker, burglar. And so uh, they nailed him for like a whole bunch of unsolved burglaries and things all throughout the county and the area and whatnot. Three, three different counties arrested him that night. Matter of fact... I was with him the night he was arrested, and my my dad and everyone say that we're lucky I didn't wake up, but my dad, like, I didn't wake up as soon as he did, but my dad woke up to the sound of guns, you know, of guns cocking, and um, he woke up, and they had guns all pointed at him, and one guy had a gun to my head, and I was a th like a three-year-old kid sleeping in the bed next to him, and the, my dad said, hey, take the gun off my kid's head, and I'll go quietly right now, and the captain or chief or whoever was in the room, you know, sergeant, whatever, said, all right, yeah, get, you know, back off the kid. And he did, and my dad complied, and my dad got arrested. So I, from there, rode in the back of the, that's my, that's my first memory of life ever, as I remember riding in the back of the cop car. I don't remember how long, but we were in, we were over in uh, uh, Solano County somewhere, and we rode from there back to Napa County, and uh, I got dropped off at my grandma's. And then my dad, you know, shortly after that, ended up going to prison. But anyway, point I'm pointing this out to is so it's like my experience with the, the prison system, jail system goes back, starts early. Uh, but during my dad's trial, see, this is why my first time arrested isn't the whole story because it wasn't the first time I was, they tried to say I was an accomplice. So during my dad's trial, they couldn't quite figure out how my dad got into some um, buildings and was able to acquire certain safes of some place. Like they couldn't figure out because there was no forced entry, no breaking and entry, no none of that stuff. They couldn't figure it out. So one of the theories the DA tried to use for a minute there it didn't last very long. But my uncles told me this, my mom told me, people told me this. But they tried to say that my dad had uh, trained, conditioned me, trained me to what he was doing was putting me into the ventilation systems of these buildings and I was navigating through them into the building and opening the doors to let them in, in and whatnot. It's a clever idea. But right? It's, it's, it's Jason, you got your... Yeah. I never knew that, dude. Yeah, that is yeah. fucking crazy. Right? So at three years old, for a minute there, I was an accomplice to a bunch of burglaries, according to the Napa DA. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which, of course, that got, you know, dismissed. That was, you know, they... Well, you know, lock, you know, locksmith tools, you don't need any kind of license to buy them. Yep. There's two tools yep. you can use to open a lock, and it doesn't break the lock at all. You can, yep. you, yeah, you don't, you don't need to be licensed yep. to be a locksmith. Isn't that a little disquieting? You yeah, know? well, no. <laughs> you know, there, you guys, you know, there's an old saying that uh, locks are, kept, are meant to keep honest people out. And I, I think yep. that rings very true, you yep. know. Yep. It, it doesn't matter how tight you lock something up. If somebody wants to get in there, they're going to get in there. Or they're going to try like a mofo to do it, you know? It's well, kind yeah, of on the lines group. of what I've always said about guns. You know, if you outlaw guns, you're only guaranteeing that only outlaws will carry guns. Well, there was a gang of uh, mafiosi in Las Vegas. They just drilled holes in the sides of the building that became known as the Hole in the Wall Gang. So these guys yeah. find a way. <laughs> that was in, They were in Casino, the... Joe Pesci and his friends, that's who they were based on. So, okay. Uh, so as one thing I'm curious about is like the first, they say the first night is like the hardest part of your first sentence. It's a, this whole new experience, you're not getting out for a long time. You don't know what you're going to encounter. The first night's the toughest, no doubt about it. They march you in naked as the day you were born. Skin burning and half blind from that delousing shit they throw on you. And when they put you in that cell, when those bars slam home, that's when you know it's for real. Um, so, uh, J Jason, what was your first night like? Uh, I'm glad you asked me first, Morgan. Thank you. Uh, I, I would like to uh, backpedal a little bit on that because it's not the first night you're sentenced. 
it's the first night you're there. Um, yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, I, I was, I was, I had a, I was on probation for my rap, uh, waiting for my, I was on my own OR, you know, I was OR'd. And, uh, That's uh, own recognizance for those who don't know. Yeah. Meaning and, that you promised to come back. Anyway, yeah. I'm sorry. It, it, yeah, you know, and I, I didn't have like any big, I didn't have, you know, a big old record or anything. But so um, I, I had an issue with. It's my torch. Continue. Are you playing bingo <laughs> over there? What the fuck is that? Doing right. dabs, I think. Doing a dab. Uh, Here, I'll mute, I'll mute myself. Go ahead, continue. It's all this anyway. green. So, I, so I, I had an issue. Uh, I was, long story short, I um, had to interact with security at a resort that I worked at. Well, those security guards were police officers from a county a uh, little bit away, and they made a police report about it, and it got back to my probation officer. I didn't do anything wrong at all. Sir, you have to help me. The cops are trying to finger me for a crime I didn't commit. Whoa, whoa. Calm down. What makes you so sure of that? You have to trust me. I... What? But just because I had an interaction, they decided to take me in. So I'm like, I'm just down in for my check-in. And they're like, oh, 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 by the way, you're going to be staying with us. Anything in your pockets you want to give your mom? And I was like, oh, are you fucking kidding me? That was the worst part of my incarceration, Morgan. So did you learn that you never go with them downtown? <laughs> did, you, well, no. did, you say, did you say I'll give it to your, your mom instead? <laughs> I was there for a pee test. I was just there for uh. like court-ordered weekly pee test, you know, and after yeah. I pissed in the cup, they were like, oh, hey, come into this room, and I was like, that's not the room I usually go into. Yeah, yeah. Were you dirty? No, no. Clean pee test. Were you just dirty be before? Just because, nope. No dirty test, just because... Uh, you, were on, that, you were on OR, right? Yep. Because yeah, that because that fucking rent a pig at that resort fucking made a police report about our interaction. Yep. Which I, I was down. not at fault at whatsoever. So then they revoked your OR status. Yep. Yep. That is yep. not that is more common than you would believe. Or, or is everybody that, is everybody on probation forbidden from drinking alcohol and doing drugs? Is that a no. common No. No. Uh, it, well it doing drugs I'm not sure. Drinking <laughs> Only if you have an alcohol-related offense. I believe, will... it's, it, I believe it's called a 2B or a 3B, something like that. Um, it's it's a stipulation in probation where you can't consume alcohol, and that is only a stipulation usually if your crime consists of alcohol, like like a DUI. Right. If you get a yeah. DUI, there's going to be an alcohol stipulation. Or, or a drunken public you know, or, yeah, a, or yeah, something you know. like that. Just you drunk know. and disorderly. Or, drunk, or even if you assault somebody but you're intoxicated while you're doing or, it, like at a bar, they, they will have the, that stipulation. And the same thing, you'll get one for uh, for drugs also. Like if, if, your wraps yeah. for, if your wraps for like possession of uh, controlled substance or something like that, yeah. th then you're going to get drug tests you know, also. Yeah, yeah, they don't necessarily drug. Now, drugs are banned by probation period, but they don't necessarily drug test you unless your shit, unless it's felony or, or felony probation, and usually it consists of drugs. Now, there is a way around that with weed. Even in California, if you get a medical prescription, then you can take it to your probation officer. They'll deny it. Then you can go in front of a judge, and the judge will have to improve it because they have to follow the state laws. And right. And doctor prescription. And then once it's approved by the judge, then the probation has to honor it. And then, then I've, I've done it. I've gotten medical marijuana while on probation in California, you know. Um, but, you know, it's not necessary. You know, not necessarily. You can't. Blindness. What were you going to ask, Morgan? Um, well, okay, so what you actually, you know what, what I'll do is, um, we were just talking about first sentences and being a young person oh, in the I, system. I showed you guys a video 
that it was kind of similar to the scared straight program where a judge sent these yeah. kids yeah. to a prison and had the in, the inmates there both at the men and women's prison scare them up um and unfortunately first time we recorded this we we, we tried to record it didn't record a terrified nine-year-old boy dangled like a raw piece of meat in front of a pack of prisoners. His crime, stealing pocket change from his mom and lying. A 14-year-old girl bullied by female inmates, even called a whore. Her crime, sexting and disrespecting her mom. And a horrified young boy picked up and shoved in a jail cell by guards. His crime, smoking and sneaking out at night. This right here is where you're going to be if you don't change your life. These kids are serving a sentence handed down, believe it or not, by their very own parents. Step over! You'll keep your hands at your sides. I want to say something to these kids first. Y'all's life is going to change just a little bit today. What you're going to see here today and what you're going to experience here, I hope will impact you for the rest of your life. You got a problem with me? Look up. Do you understand? By the end of the day, y'all should not want to be here. They put on a jail uniform. Put this on all your clothes. They actually sit in a cell. Inmates come and talk with them. They eat lunch at the jail. I think they even experience what it's like to have handcuffs on so that they can get the full flavor of where they're headed if they don't stop their behavior. Don't cry, suck it up! Once the sheriff left the jail and the bar slammed behind us, our crew was shocked at what went on. Pat your head and rub your stomach and say, I am a beast. Prisoners berating and cursing at the children. Young girls ordered to clean the toilets of inmates without gloves. Children thrown in cell blocks with hardened criminals, even murderers. Um, but yeah, we're, so where do you guys stand? Do you think these programs are effective and uh, do you, or do you think they're out of line in terms of taking that kind of extremist approach? I'll let you go first, Scoop. Thank you, sir. Uh, I was in San Quentin and we had Scared Straight that came through weekly. Um, but uh, I was actually in the infamous West Block of San Quentin. It was crazy. That's where I saw some shit that we'll talk about eventually. Uh, that's a whole other show, right, Jason? <laughs> but uh, anyway... It wasn't like that, bro. Okay, in that video you you shared, Morgan. Um, trust me, I would be livid if I found out someone was doing that to my kid. Like the way they're picking up that little kid and like trying to shove him into cells, and they're screaming. Like these these ain't grown adults. These ain't even near adult teenagers. You know, these aren't military people. This isn't boot camp. You know, yeah, I get it's a scared straight program, but but you can traumatize a little child doing shit like that. Um, to a point where they actually get more fucked up and do worse stuff, you know, um, showing people what it's like to be there is one thing, but you know, you can't even do that. You can't even treat other inmates with that type of behavior. You'll get in trouble. You know what I'm saying? So to have them doing that to kids just because it's kind of silly. I, I believe that, uh, maybe I, and I assume, yeah, you'd have to be 18 to do it, I guess. So that's why I always say maybe prior to graduation or maybe only those seniors who turn 18. Um, when you're 18 as a senior, maybe you get to. But I believe that all kids at some point should have to go spend like a month or two in jail, in prison, uh, given their own wing, their own section. But they should just spend a month there so they can get an idea of what it's like, just so they know that this is what it's going to be like. If you fuck up now as an adult, you're going to be stuck here for longer than necessary. You don't got to put them on the same yard or in the same cells as killers and, and bank robbers and stuff. They can have their whole own section, but they should experience it. You know, like there's uh, there's many things that kids should have to experience before they graduate. And I, I feel it's one. But like I said, when it comes to that video, the, the severity of how they're treating those kids, I think is a bit uncalled for. I don't think that letting them experience it is wrong. I think that's a right thing, but 
you know, you can really screw up a little dude in the mind, you know, screaming at him like that. And But that said, that's it. If you do cross another inmate, like I know stealing is like a big, big violation. Oh, yeah. Stab your ass. Yeah. Like, so if you do piss someone off by doing something like that, they will treat you the way those kids were treated, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, if you do something really wrong or you steal or you get out of line, like, yeah, no, you're getting removed. I mean, you're probably getting st- – I mean, depending on where you're at. If you're on a three or a four yard, you're getting stabbed. They're hands-off policies. There's no fighting. Um, but, uh, like, a one or two yard, you might just get, uh, you know, disciplined where you get uh, a two-on-one where two attack you um, or sometimes three, depending on the severity of what you did. And if it's if it's if it's really serious, you're getting removed from the yard. And if you get removed from that yard, then you're no longer good for any yard. So you you you're you're done. Like your your career as a as a good standing can walk any normal yard, uh, solid inmate is now over. Um, and you're gonna have to PC up because any yard you go to, once they find out you were removed from any yard, they're going for you again, and, for, and they're gonna take you off that yard. Because it doesn't matter what you did anywhere, it, it, trans, it transfers with you, you know, eventually. It's in your paperwork, and that's something that people tend to forget, that inmates are the ones who do all the paperwork in prison. The, the correctional officers and the staff, they don't do any any paperwork at all, at least in the California prison system. It's all inmates. No, it's, it's all of them. Yeah. Yeah, so it's uh, really the inmates who run the prison, right? Oh, very much. It very is. Much. It is. Very much. Uh, Very much. So the inmates, to... the inmates are the House, the Congress, and the Senate, and all that. While the the uh, the correctional staff is Biden and Kamala, and Nancy. Well, yeah, well some of them, are, some of them are bribed, so even they don't have full authority. Uh, accord, at least what the the warden would like to enforce. True. Yeah. True. So, what, so Jason, what do you, where do you stand on the uh, scared straight concept? <clears throat> I really, I really think it's uh, child abuse. To be honest with you, uh, there's now. I guess the uh, difference lies in that the fact that, like these, like uh, Raymond pointed out, these are for. Got some snacks. Hurry up yeah. and open that package, Brady. Got a pop tart. <laughs> oh. <okay. laughs> anyway, these uh, these children are, are young, and, and like like uh, you pointed out, but I just want to say, pop tarts are something you can buy in prison, and this is how you eat them because there's no toasters. So I'm eating it like that too. Oh yeah. Anyway, go ahead. I'll, I'll mute myself. Continue. It, is the wrapper off now? Yeah, he's just got the pop tart now. All right. So, anyways, what I was gonna say was, yeah, it's child abuse, dude. Uh, it, it's not happening to people that would actually affect. It's happening to children, and it's traumatizing them. I mean, these are like seven, eight. I think I seen. I think there was a five or six year old in that video. And it's just fucking ludicrous. It's it's dramatic. Yeah. It's so yeah, that, that one kid. Remember, he had him over his head, and he's trying to shove him in the cell like this. And you know like that kid, a fucking giant doll or something. And they said at the end of the video that he started stealing again two weeks after they did it. So it doesn't work. So he's just gonna act. And, and, and all right, to be honest, let's be honest. We're in the can together. You know, <clears throat> I learned how to do more shit than there when I like was locked up. Con college, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like con college, bro. Like I, I, I learned mm-hmm. how to fucking. Totally. I learned. I, I learned how to do a lot of things. I'm not going to name them because they're illegal. But uh, I never learned that shit before I went there. You know. Oh, yeah. There, there are a lot of, like, right. burglars who have said, you know, I went away for, like, a couple of years, and I learned from other burglars, and now, and then I fe- figured out how to do it better so I wouldn't get caught. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of a lot of that kind of mentoring going on. It's, it's all about it's, change. Yeah. So, um, that lead me, leads me to my next question. Um, what can we do about at-risk youth? These kids who are just getting into trouble and they're probably going to end up in jail. They're involved with drugs. They're involved with gangs, violence. I got a great answer for that. Me, me, me. Go ahead. <laughs> I raised my hand first. You first. Go ahead. 
beat their ass. <laughs> yeah, the single I'm, mother. I'm, I'm done. Well, father absence certainly doesn't help. That's definitely seems to to put most no. of them at risk. Yeah. That yes. is precisely that's precisely where I was going to go with it. Yes, it is, their father their father needs to be their the, ass. It's the father absence in the home that is what's causing it. Women cannot raise teen, even even girls. They have a, not that they can't. They have a hard time corralling them and keeping them in check. And children need a healthy sense of respect and fear. And unfortunately, that's usually the father's job. And if you look at almost everyone, whether they're uh, in and out of the jail system, prison systems, if they're on drugs, teen pregnancy, any sort of de- – a matter of fact, this is part of my sociology paper I'm writing about. Dude. My, my actual uh, topic of my sociology paper I'm writing on that I came up with is, is deviant behavior and how it's related to the, the epidemic of the lack of fatherhood uh, and how – the government the mis- the and how, of masculinity, basically, and, and how the government incentivizes single motherhood through the welfare program. Uh-huh. <clears throat> that is what I'm writing my sociology paper on right now. And so, it's it, it, there's studies after studies after studies. There's there's kids in uh, um, in China. They did a whole study on these kids in China. They're all um, uh, absent father children. <clears throat> they are greatly more at a risk, or even in China. Than uh, than normal kids of being involved in bullying, either being the the one that bullies or the one that is being bullied, you know, low because acad- low academic achievement, low academic achievements, low self esteem, low sense yeah. of self, uh, it, low drive. Actually, <laughs> what it is is it, yep. it's a, a it's a low uh, drive, like uh, no no sense with, of worth, no uh, no desire to better yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. mean. Dude, when I was a kid, I had a big wheel, you know, the plastic, big old plastic too, thing. Yeah. Did y'all have those in Canada, mm-hmm. Morgan? Uh, so I, I fucking, we started out, we took the, the front tire, the big one, and we put a bicycle tire on it. <laughs> like a low rider, yeah. Nice, bro. We gave a super grip, and we would just drift. Down, oh, yeah, because those plastic bags would totally slide. Shh, shh. And then, like, two years later, they came out with the Knight Rider one that had, like, a little oh, brake on, nice. on the side. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, ingenuity. Like, the, uh, the, uh, the, Amer- all about that. <laughs> the individual's way to make something better. You, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We don't have that anymore. Well, now everybody's waiting for somebody else to make things better. Without a positive father figure, children across the board, across the country, in, in the exactly. Congo, I'm reading exactly. studies about this on kids in Congo, let alone America. Yeah, they're they're lacking a proper social emotional sense of self. Okay, mm-hmm. they they don't know who they are, and so they're rushing out. They're, I've got to identify as something that I'm not. I uh, I'm, I'm going to steal to be cool. I well, they're confused. Okay. They don't know what the fuck to exactly. do. Uh, oh. the, gir- the girls, the- all, the gr- all the little girl ever wants to hear is, I love you from daddy. That's all they ever want. And if yeah. they don't get that, if I, they're the gonna, ones I like. Then, right. They will, <laughs> date, <laughs> the well, I'm, they will I'm, date the worst guys. They will well, do you know why, Morgan? It's because they say, I love you. See, that's yeah, the thing. The yeah. girl doesn't hear it from dad, who's the positive male role. See, yeah. men are – dads are supposed to be there to teach boys how to be men – and how women should – and teach women, show girls how they should be treated by men, okay? And so they're looking for that, and they don't get yeah. it. So then they go out finding it, and the first person that says it, look, unfortunately, look, look, is usually the wrong person, you know? Not, exactly. not, finding, not finding it, looking for right? it. Right. But what I'm but saying yeah. is – but then they find it, and usually the first person <laughs> that says it is the wrong person. And usually that person also is lacking a father in his home growing up. That's why he doesn't know how to act or be, you know, well, I grew well, up. Well, I therein grew, lies the deterioration of our society right now. Yes. You yes. know, I grew up without a positive father figure that, in that, my life. That's my, why we have so many people in the can. And exactly. Well, see, my, my dad was in prison. I grew up without the positive father figure. So I was left to figure it all out on my own. And guess what? 90% of my choices have been the wrong one. I've gone down the wrong path. I've made the wrong decision. I've gotten lots of trouble. I've, you know, I mean, but matter of fact, I didn't even, that's not, like I said, yeah, I was dad's accomplice at, at three, but the first time I ever got arrested, 
I was 17. Well, I, I was actually f uh, 14 first time I did a breaking and entry, but that got um, expunged because I, I accept. I promised to write a, a apology letter and never go back there again. <laughs> right? Yeah. So they, that's what they had me do. Because nothing. It was an ice cream store. We stole ice cream. We broke into the, the refrigerator. We stole ice cream. Yeah, me and a couple buddies broke into the free allegedly uh, broke into the freezer out back and stole a bunch of ice cream from Clover Stornetta and were caught by the cops eating ice cream right outside and. Oh. The Clover store, we didn't break nothing. Like, we knew that we had the code to get in. Like, so the Stornetta guys were like, you know what? Apology letter, and you can never uh, step foot on anywhere on the property. And I think that's still in effect to this day. I'm not really sure. It did, <laughs> it, it, it did, it did say never. Banned it, from it, yeah, it did say never. <laughs> uh, but when I was um, 17, I got my first drunk in public. Um, we ditched school. We're at, the, we're at the continuation school there in Napa. We did school, went around the corner because my buddy lived right around the corner. And his dad had a nice liquor cabinet. Went over there, Scoob drank way too much vodka, like normal. And then, like, three blocks away was this little, like, convenience store with a Mexican restaurant, like a little strip mall. Like, not a strip mall, it's just like a small, you know, convenience area. It's got a, a convenience store, a Mexican restaurant. It had a little head shop, um, which I think was actually a record store at the time. But anyway, I passed out right right behind that store. It's like 11.30 in the morning. And then a uh, <laughs> female cop shows up and tries to arrest me. My buddies tell me I'm sitting there hella hammered, hitting on the female cop as she's trying to arrest me and shit. <laughs> female <laughs> cops are sexy, bro. Yeah, sometimes There's something are, about that uniform and the gun. She could In the sense of authority, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not, not, not all of them, dude. If no, they got, like, not. A moose I have seen some and, seriously sexy female cops. I've seen a few. <laughs> I have well, two, but, but a lot but, of them are uh, like, like uh, wildebeests. More or less, more or less. Yeah, most of them are wildebeests. Yeah, um, PE teachers got a better job. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. So in terms of uh, these at-risk youths, hmm. I, I know. See, say you're a gang member and you want to recruit new members. Are you going to go to the kid who has a you know nuclear family in the suburbs? Or are you going to approach the kid who comes from poverty and he's he's like bullied? He's like you know in a vulnerable position. You're going to uh, yeah. yeah. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish. Yeah, yeah. You tell that kid you know you know join our family. You know that word family is very seductive. Yeah. And that's yeah. Uh, Rita. Oh yeah, though I was well, yeah, because I was going to actually seek into a discussion about the Aryan Brotherhood because I'm doing an episode of Human Monsters about them. Uh, and Ray, you were in San Quentin, and that's where they formed it. Did you uh, have? Did you rub elbows with those guys? Or oh yeah, they're around. They're they're everywhere. You know. Uh, I mean, okay, let's let's put it this way. So the Aryan Brotherhood is the peak of the whites in prison system, and there's. There's a lot of them, but there's not as many as you would think. Most whites aren't a part of that, but everyone technically has to, like, it trickles down. You know, it's like, under that, you got subsect after subsect after subsect of races of whites, you know? It's like and, being it's like being an American. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm an American, but Joe Biden's a fucking idiot. You know? Yeah. Kind of, kind of, it's not you know? quite that extreme, but no, it's kind no. of like that. Well, they represent, uh, these represent point. One percent of the prison population, but they commit something like eighteen to thirty percent of the murders. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I'll, do you want to talk about who does fifty uh, percent of the murders? Well, that that outside outside of the, uh, the well, one thing prison. I've read, one thing I've read many times is, you know, it's admirable to be colorblind on the outside, but on the inside, you have to stick with your own, right? Your own oh, you life. have to. Well, it's it's not just. Your own, it, there are certain races that you can fuck with, that you're good with. Okay, so like if you're white, you can, you're good with Southerners, Southern Mexicans, <coughs> Native Americans, um, and, uh, that's it. Oh, uh, Asians. No, Asians are others, and others run with blacks and Northerners. Latinos are they more in league with? Because I know I know they've done business. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. So yeah, they do business with the Aryan Brotherhood, like in terms of drugs and stuff. And, and see, Latinos is not not. <coughs> you don't understand the word you're saying because there's Southern and there's Northern. There, yeah, there's. 
even though they're all Latinos, they're all Mexicans. It, it's not. There, there's it, two factions. It's, yeah, it's very different. You're either a northerner or you're a southerner. Well, then there's also um, like what you call the Pices, which are like the field farm workers. They're not really northerners or southerners, <clears throat> but they. If you're Mexican, you have to click up with one of them. You know, and uh, once again, that's like I said, the northerners run with the blacks and the others, and then the Indians. And the Southerners run with the whites. Yeah, that's how it rolls. And um, and that means that you can do anything. You can play games. You can you know smoke. You can eat. You can you can make a spread and share it with a uh, an Indian or a Southerner. That's fine. But you cannot do any of that stuff with any with the other races. You can't. And how they just how they decided these things. Who's added? Who's taken away? Whatever. It's it's all above my pay grade. You know when I when I get there. <laughs> When I get there, I look at the prison politics the same way as I look at outside laws and politics. I didn't necessarily vote for each and every one of them, but I have to follow them or else I face the consequences. Yeah, it's hard to be independent too, right? To just have no affiliation? It's it's rough. It's rough. I mean, I sort I of say it's, I wouldn't say it's say hard. It's, hard. It's, I, I, it's easy. No, I've, I've done it both times. And uh, part of the reason is is because of my last name. Both my dad and my uncle have been in the system. Like people know who I am; they know my name. Yeah, history is a history is a big thing there. Yeah, you know. And both. Hit, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. In, in in the state penitentiary system, like the family, regardless of what caste you're from, you know, people like they remember. Oh, oh, Hazen. Oh yeah, I remember. Yep. I remember him. My dad did time with him. Fucking yeah. said blah blah blah. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Matter of fact, I'd done time with plenty of people who've done time with my dad and my uncle. Well, um, exactly. You know, but uh, and then on top of that, you know, it's like so when I was first getting on the bus for the first time uh, to go to prison, and mind you, I'd been locked up plenty of my life by this point. You know, starting from seventeen, I didn't go to prison first. How old was I? Uh, Fucking twenty three. So about, about about two thousand ten. About two. No 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 no. It was two thousand eleven. It was January two thousand eleven. Was the first time I was arrested and sent uh, to prison. But by that point, mind not you, the I first time you were arrested. Never, not <laughs> nowhere near. I first time I was arrested was what ninety nine ninety. And well, technically it was like ninety five when I was fourteen. But that doesn't really I, count. I, I think I think so, the way to put it would be the first time they got tired of your shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, at that point, had already done, I'd say, close to six years yeah, in, incarcer incarcerated. Yeah. In just and out in, of county. In yeah. and out of county, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so, um, and first of all, it was vandalism, believe it or not. I, I kicked out the windows of a cop car when they had me arrested. And so they hit me with felony <laughs> vandalism. And it, yeah, matter of fact, when I, when I came home from prison from that first term, all the Napa cop cars had bars in the back windows now. And to my, to the story from what I hear from plenty of people, including, you know, officers and things that it wasn't my fault because I'm not the first person to do it, but it was, I was definitely the last straw. <laughs> so they were like, you know what? Fuck it. We're spending the money. We're putting windows in the bars, in those back windows. <laughs> um, but what, but what I was saying real quick, then we'll move on to the next, uh, what the one guy told me is, is if you can avoid debt from, if you can stay away from gambling and drugs while you're in there and accumulate no debt behind those two things, you will have almost no problems. So, I mean, like if you want to get some weed or something, make sure you have the the inventory to purchase it. Don't say I'll get you back later because later on might not be soon enough for them and then that's all it takes. Um uh, that's a whole other show. Yeah. Now we're starting so, to discuss the black market of. The, I mean, well, what my point was is not getting in trouble, not having issues. If you can yeah. avoid those things, you won't have problems or issues, and so you don't really have to necessarily click up. You know what I'm saying? Um, I didn't technically click up, but I ran as a wood, which is just it's a like, well, that's, it's that's just like a, a white guy. It's like a, it's like a non-racist, non-gang membered. Uh, unaffiliated Peckerwood. Pe yeah, Pecker is that what they mean? You're just what <laughs> says what that yeah. means, or yeah. that yeah, doesn't mean you're neo-Nazi, right? No, no, no. Yeah, no. well, it matters that was, how that you was, ask. Hey, if, you, if, you ask if, if you ask a black dude that's fresh in, and he's like, "Oh, you're a Peckerwood," and you're like, "Oh, yeah," he's gonna think that you're a fucking racist, that you're a fucking oh, Nazi. Yeah, but yeah, he's but, an idiot. 
the media also I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say that that seems to be the connotation that you see in the media as well. well of course. And they use those terms. They, they're describing neo-Nazi types. Yeah. Well, what they're not understanding is neo-Nazi is an actual thing. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like like Nazi lowrider is a fucking crew. You know, like well, it's like yeah, it's like we were talking about in uh, uh, what's your other show? I'm sorry. Uh, fact, fact, you? fact you, yeah, in the teabagging segment, people are playing fast and loose with all kinds of terminology. Mm-hmm. It used to be like if someone said white supremacist or white supremacy, they were referring to neo-Nazis, the KKK, all these people. Now, yeah, brotherhood. Now, now it's a thing where if a business happened to have like 75% white employees, they refer to that as white supremacy. So they're mm-hmm. blurring the lines, you know, just because there's a preponderance of white people. doesn't mean they're all into neo-Nazi shit. But, I, I wouldn't but, say they're blurring the lines, but I, I feel exactly what you're talking about, Morgan. It's not blurring the lines. They're progressing it's, their narrative. Well, yeah, it's I mean, reverse I racism. It's anti-white reverse racism is what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we hear about oppression a lot. Well, in the can, I would say uh, certain people get oppressed quite a bit. Uh, oh yeah, dude. Play their cards right with other inmates or the staff or whatever. You can really fuck your whole life up, right? Like you make certain mistakes and it's well, over, right? Well, I imagine if you go to the can, you've already fucked your life up a little bit. You know oh yeah, what but I'm I mean, saying? like if you don't play the politics properly, like oh, I could 100%. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. Oh, yeah. You ready for this? Let me run you down a little scenario. You, let's say you get a little, and and the average person will go a little, but let's say you get like a little four years. And trust me, in prison, that's not that long because you're really only going to do about two, maybe two and a half on that, and you're going home. I got six years, and I did 27 months on it. You know what I'm saying? So trust me, it's, it goes by. But anyway, while you're there, let's say you get – you gamble a little bit. No, no, uh, But you gamble on some football, football Sunday, right? We end up owing this guy you know, 40 bucks you or thought, whatever. You thought the, war, the 49ers were going to win. But, well, actually – have you been watching football uh, as of late? Because trust me, the last few years, my Niners be—that's what they do. All they do is we smash, bro, smashing. Especially with Christian McCaffrey. That's another, that's another, that's another show. show. <laughs> anyway, so you get a little hemmed up. You got a little, little debty. N- nothing crazy, just was a little debty. So all right, I'll get you right. Well, something happens with your family. They can't quite get the money to you right away. So they decide they're gonna. All right, we're just gonna come fucking take you out then, right? We're gonna not necessarily kill you. But like, because uh, it ain't nothing. It ain't killable. Now let's put it this way: if you're, like I said, if you're on a three or a four yard, those are hands-off policies, meaning there's no fists. It's only knives. So if if something is upsetting you enough to where you want to go fight somebody, you, it has to be serious enough because for you to stab them. So stab them. So up there, they might, you know. But anyway, they come at you. You go to defend yourself, right? Because you're getting attacked. Well, you hit this one dude. He falls down, hits his head on the concrete, and busts his skull open. Okay, now you've got assault on an inmate with great bodily injury. You're facing what you don't think you can get new charges and go to court from in prison. So now your little four years now turn into uh, 15 more, you know? Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, some guys. And and your points go up. So they move you from the two yard or the one yard to the three yard because your points go up now because you got more years and, and more violence. And then now you're on a real serious yard where they go, hey. You have to go stab this guy now because uh, you're the new guy, and uh, he owes that guy two grand in, for drugs. And, um, well, it's on you, bud. You're, you're up. Now, if you're old, you know, like senior citizens, they don't, like there's certain people that, that are exempt from having to do things. You know, like, like now, like once you hit over 35, like there's certain things you don't have to do anymore because there's so many kids between the ages of 18 and, and you know, 28 that are trying to make names for themselves. That, you know, every time they say, hey, we need this done, who's going to do it? You'd be surprised. Dude, hands shoot up all the time. Hey, I'll go do it. I'll go do it. I'll go do it. So realistically, you might not even necessarily have to, but we're speaking in the hypothetical, right? So now you, either you go do this or we're going to stab you. So in defense of yourself from doing it, you go stab this guy. Well, he ends up dying. Well, you get busted, so now you're facing a murder charge, all off of a four-year, fucking, who knows, you know. And then, how, and so say, some, charge, you know? say something so, happens, like uh, like they say, a big no-no is backing down from a fight. Uh, oh, you can't but, do that. And if say you say you don't fight the guy, you just let him kick your ass because you're a wimp, right? 
So say a guy had happened to him and he kept being targeted. Is not the word they use. <laughs> oh yeah, faggot, pussy, or something yeah. like that. Or bitch, bitch, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> say, say he's and so naturally he's going to be targeted for more violence, for extortion, yeah. stuff like that. Uh, is there a way for him to get out of it? Does he have to just start fighting back? Is that the way to do it? Or that, I mean, that's the only real way to do it. Uh, other than that, you'll be pay, you pay. You'll be paying yeah. some, yeah, financially. Yeah. Either die or fight back. It's sink or swim. Yeah. You know. I mean, it's just like with that UFC fighter guy, dude. I mean, I had to. I knew very well that dude was gonna kick my fucking ass. Luckily, he wasn't trying to like physically hurt me. It was just like we were pissed. So when he he like I socked him and then he he fucking took me to the ground. Uh, I wasn't. I didn't know his fighting style being, you know, because I never watched his UFC, but he was a ground and pound guy. So the first thing he did was after I punched him once is he ate that. He just ate that shit. Bam! And came right at me and fucking. Took me right to the ground and just started dropping elbows right on my face. Boom! And bounced my head off the concrete. And after like the fifth time it bounced off the concrete, I, I swear, I'm not, even, I'm not even too proud of it. I fucking just went, all right, all right, time out. Fuck. All right, all right, all right, all right, I get it. You win. And he sit, and he like, he, and it was so funny. He just like sits up. He's still like over me, like on his knees, but he like sits there and goes, you're good? You're done? I go, yeah, bro. I'm fucking fuck, bro. You know, like it was just all of a sudden, bam, 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 bam. bam you know, like that—that's that, uh, because I was swollen like thing. this right here, bro. Not yeah, on the back yeah. of my head. Fucking. That, that's the initiation right there. That's all there yeah. to see that you can take your lumps and keep on swimming. Uh, and, and no way, and, oh, I'm done. That—that's all it is. Yeah, 100%. and him and I were cool after that. We were, we were real yep. cool after that. You know, yep. so. Speaking of money, uh, I know that the jobs you can get in prison, they pay like sweatshop wages. Oh, uh, way less. So, Jason, I don't know if you had a job in prison, but I know Ray has. Like, What, what was I your hourly rate? Well, I got paid on uh, piecework. Uh, when I did my time, we uh, produced uh, camping stuff. Uh, Park benches, fire rings, barbecues. Oh, wow. Uh, and uh, it was actually, a, like, we actually made the the county where I was at money doing it. Um, and we got our, we didn't get paid an hourly rate. We got, uh, like, this job pays this much on your restitution. This job pays this much on your restitution. You know, and and we would just keep trying to pay it off. So also, you weren't actually earning money for yourself; it was just restitution money. Well, I mean, yeah, but no. I mean, it's not like I was earning money for myself, but I was earning money for myself <sighs> because instead of actually having to pay cash for my restitution, which was court ordered, uh, they were paying it off for me. Uh, a, a, after I completed these jobs, that's pretty cool. And Ray, uh, what what kind of jobs did you have, and what kind of wages did you get? Uh, well, I had a really nice office job. I had actually a really good job, man. I had an office with a swivel chair. Fucking, I had like three other inmates that technically worked directly under me. Um, I used to joke with the the chaplain and the deacon and a few other of the free staff that we were all uh, the same rank and position because we all reported to the same guy. I was the community resource manager's lead clerk, and so um, I was handpicked for that job by the guy who was leading it. And uh, like when when I was paroling, um, that was my final task was to handpick the right successor for him when when I left. And so uh, which. I'm, to my knowledge, I did because Tim stayed there for a while, um, several years. I think he transferred out somewhere else after a while. But anyway, uh, I mean, I loved my job. It was great. And I got paid. I had – I actually okay, – so in the state of California, you, you, the, the pay system is on tiers, five tiers, five, four, three, two, one, one being the highest. And each tier has different ranks, different levels. And so um, you can, there's a minimum and a maximum, and depending on how long you've been at the job determines – where you get to the maximum. So like the lowest tier of five, for an example, is like a porter. A porter is a person who just like cleans the dorms, cleans the fucking cells, walks around with the broom. They start at the minimum is five cents an hour. The max is eight cents an hour. Okay. I had the highest paid position, a level one, uh, as a community resource manager's lead clerk. 
I started at 38 cents an hour and I maxed out at 52 cents an hour. Um, now there are two types of positions that paid more. One of them was, um, and at that institution there was one and it was, uh, like the medical medical team because they have to deal with biohazardous waste and stuff. Cause you know, a lot of inmates got hepatitis and AIDS and different things. So all that stuff in the medical ward is all biohazard. And so if you're an inmate that works there, you got paid, they made a dollar and then fire camp people, they make $2. But where I was at, I made 53 cents an hour or 53 cents an hour. That's right. When I maxed out. And so I got that for, you know, the last like year and change that I was there at that job. I got 53 cents an hour. Um, the, way they worked, the way they worked the restitution thing was, uh, I'm trying to remember if they took part of that. Which I, I, I want to say no, but I feel like they did. Maybe they did. But I know this, like if anyone sent you money. So like if you sent me a hundred bucks to put on my books while I was in prison, I only got $45 of it. The state took mm. 55 because they took 55% of everything sent in. <laughs> uh, uh. So if your family sent you, you know, a grand, well, you're only getting 450 bucks. They're getting 550 bucks. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, but did you yeah. ever do that? Those jobs where it's like a bunch of inmates in orange jumpsuits cleaning up like parks and shit like that. No, like the road crews and stuff. No, yeah. no, I never did that. Um, I, I have had some uh, experience with him, uh, especially in the, the uh, massive forest fires that we've had here in my local area the last what shit five years, four years. Um, these fire crew guys, they work for like. 16 hours a day like yeah. they go out there and bust their fucking ass no the shit. training yeah it, it, it's it's insane and <laughs> to be honest with you I consider it slave labor it is and that, that pay must be really shitty That's they're, they're, two they're, bucks an they're, hour they're not doing it for pay, though. No, pay? no, no, no. no. I'm, I'm telling you. That's what I'm telling you. I just told you. Fire – because uh, where I was at, at Jamestown, where the fire – we send people – the fire camp training center. They send people to fire camp. That was part of my job was to figure out what fire camps people go to. And I'm telling you, they make $2 an hour is what they get. But they also get – they get a lot of time taken off their sentences. They're outside of gates. They've got a lot that, more freedom. That, that's what I'm, sa that's the, uh, what I'm saying. They're not doing it for the money. Yeah, dude. Uh, they're, uh, they're just doing it to get outside. And they, they usually, a lot of times, they get real food. They get way better real food. Yeah. And check this out. If you're lucky enough to get stationed close enough to where your family can come visit. Mm -hmm. Like if you're not off at a fire fighting a fire and you're just at the camp, your family can come hang out and bring food and chill all fucking day. Any day they want, they can just show up. Yeah. And so uh, – so there's a lot of perks to being at fire camp, but it's a lot of hard work. It, uh, is, uh, it is a lot of hard work. Like just, I said, it's similar to slave labor. I just, mean, it's grueling, grueling work. Just to pass the PFTs and the FFTs and all that at the training facility to even qualify to go to a fire camp, like it takes like months and you, there's a lot of people who don't. You would have to have a clean behavioral record, I imagine, too, right? Oh, yeah. yeah you can't be causing trouble. Um, the only crime that you can't really have is arson, uh, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Which, 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 which makes sense on one hand, but it's also kind of funny. You, you, you think that's a whole guy, other show. An arson guy would go on fire, right? <laughs> he knows how to make it. He probably knows how to put that shit out too. You know. <laughs> but you know, one of the but, absurd uh, one of the absurd things about the justice system, and I think it applies to in this country, is uh. So you're caught with drugs, maybe your user drugs. They're going to put you in prison, but the thing is you can get drugs just as easily inside as you can uh, outside. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The only difference yeah. is they cost a lot more. Yeah, I imagine. Um, but, but that's a whole nother show. I mean, right now we're just doing a few other topics. Well, like Portugal, they decriminalized drugs and they emphasized oh, rehabilitation. That was, all, that was like 25 years ago. Yeah, I mean – wouldn't it, wouldn't it make more sense to create like a sort of rehabilitative prison so you can't you can't leave the place it's like prison but it's just the whole thing is rehabilitation for drug abuse the whole well, time yeah, you're there, it's called rehab 
rehab, yeah. But this is the, this is not like the rehab you can leave at the case. This is like, Whoa. you know, you, you can't leave until it's they a, say you can it's leave. A, it's, a, it's a social state. It, that's, that's what you're referring to, sir. Hey, those, those that, that, would, that, that socialism. Hold on a second. Well, yeah. maybe, but, you know, it's like, say you're a heroin addict, right? Well, you don't get to say that you, you can't leave until like a year after the first day of your sentence. Morgan. And, you know. Those 30-day rehab programs are only level one, category one facilities. Those are very rare. They go all the way up to two-year facilities. I've seen six months. I've been, I've been, I've been at a one-year facility. I wasn't allowed to leave for a full year. They've got two-year facilities. Um, what is it? Uh, Was it for your drinking? Delancey Street. Delancey Street in California is a two-year facility. You're, you don't even, you're not even allowed to have a visitor for the first like six months. You don't know, have any contact. No, first year. First year, no contact with anyone you knew, not even your mama, for the first how year. Effect, how effective was the treatment? I mean, it doesn't work if you don't want to use it, oh, right? Of course not. No no rehab will work if you don't want it. And it doesn't matter what your addiction is. That's yeah. 100% yeah. Yeah. correct. Yeah, you have to want it to or it's not good. Yeah, you know, and that, that kind of gets into my whole uh, fallen terrorist uh, view on stuff. I mean, like, why are we even considering uh, making me or you or you or anybody else pay for somebody else's fucking bullshit? Uh, people, that self-accountability. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, there, there are people, is none in the world. There are people who kill themselves with, with alcohol, right? So why not just do the same thing with everything else? You know what? You want to do cocaine? You want to... Take heroin. That's you're taking a huge risk with your health. You could die from it. But you know, it's your choice. They just exactly. did that in Oregon. You guys know exactly. that, right? They did. What they just legalized mushrooms. I know that. Uh, well, no, in Oregon, everything. They're, uh, All the drugs. Really? Oh, I, think I think it's Oregon. That, that was a, that was a couple of years ago. Well, yeah. Well, every, it, everybody. See, well, you see, one thing one thing that differentiates the war on drugs from every other kind of war is everybody lost the war on drugs. Every side, both sides. They, they all lost. You know what I mean? No, I've been oh, winning yeah. it this whole time. <laughs> winning? No. Yeah, dude, oh. I fucked drugs up, bro. But you didn't win the war on booze, that's for sure. No, I beat that shit all the time, too. Well, oh, alcohol I'm defeated you. I'm a fucking general in that department. Yeah, Were there ever any uh, celebrity inmates that you did time with, like... I think was Manson uh, in San Quentin. I'm not sure. No, no, no. Manson um, was well. Manson was at Corcoran, but they and I was but a completely different yard, so I didn't see him. Uh, but he got sent to uh, Napa State quite a few, which was same county, same town I was in. So he was there a lot. Um, Jeremy Newberry was a center for um, the 49ers back in the early 2000s. Uh, I was in the drunk tank with him. He got in trouble at Lake Berryessa. <laughs> Uh, that was pretty so cool. I think I think Manson was in like protective custody or something. Oh yeah, yeah, he was totally towards protective. Because isn't there a thing where like if an inmate murders someone who's very high profile like that, they get a lot of respect? I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, it depends on who the uh, high profile guy is. Like, if you, you know? killed Manson, everyone knew you, this is the guy who killed Charles Manson. Like, is, aren't the other inmates going to kind of respect him for that? Or I would imagine so. Yeah. But Charles Manson isn't a big guy, and he wasn't like a. And remember, Charles Manson, all he did was talk other people into killing people. He know? was like five foot two and. Oh yeah, he's little, little, yeah. tiny. My dad, my dad said that. Have you guys, have you guys uh, read Helter Skelter? I read that yet. No, I didn't. I haven't read it, but I've seen that movie that they made. There's one part of the trial where he fucking jumps his table up to the judge. It always is. There's one part of, at some point in the trial, he actually j leapt from his table like right up at the judge. He just jumped like a fucking frog at him. Really? Isn't that unbelievable? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Not that I well, wouldn't put you got to respect somebody's belief in something. Uh, I think he was a little bit premature, and uh, I think he was definitely a little bit raw for our society. But I, I really don't think that Charles Manson was very far off. Uh, I think he. As, I think he spent as far yeah. as far as an attitude uh, for today's contemporary pop well, culture. He, he he did say one of the phrases that 
blows my mind, and I go, man, I never thought I'd totally agree with Charles Manson, but he straight, remember when he said, uh, uh, you know, a long time ago, being crazy meant something. Nowadays, everybody's crazy. Used to be being crazy meant something. Nowadays, <laughs> everybody's crazy. I love that quote. He's yeah. right, too. He's so right, dude. Just Everybody these right days is fucking, like, Everybody's mentally ill. Insane. They're a victim. They're triggered. Yeah, yep, he was right. Oh. oh, and, you know, that ties right into something that we were talking about on um, our last show, Jason. Uh about the end of days and you know what it is dude all these people have got are it's demons bro it's just different demons and you know what it relates back to is no one's getting baptized anymore because during a, an original baptism they, the priest performs three different exorcisms on the infant to cast all the earthly demons away from you so now all these people are growing up not being baptized that's why during for so long that you didn't have this shit like during the old pagan days yes there were people that thought they were furries and shit. I mean, think about it. If you if if you went back five hundred years and told somebody that I am really the spirit of something else inside me, they would just think that I was a demon. And that's basically what it really is. And you know, during the during the Christianity let, years, let, let, this shit went away. Until I, the, I, I know this is a topic for another show, I guess. Well, I mean, it's like that is another show, but I, I just want to uh, uh, state that. Baptism and being born again are two different things that two are very, very similar. Yeah. And um, I'm a born again Christian. I, I guess it would be the best way to I denominate. Love. You know what I'm saying? I was never baptized. I'm a fucking bastard child. Uh, I, I, I got a lot of sins and, and whatnot. But uh, that's what I like about being born again is, you know, as long as you uh, you ask the son for forgiveness and admit your sins, you're forgiven. Yep. Did you uh, spend a lot of time with uh, religious authorities in prison, the chaplain or whatever they're called? Me? Oh, yeah. Tons. Did that, well, help, that help get you through it? Yeah. I, I sang in the chapel band. Uh, I actually gave a few sermons while I was there. I coordinated the entire the Christmas pageant we had both years. Fucking, those were the people that like I said that they they went to my boss, uh, the community resource manager, the chaplain, the deacon, uh, the the yeah. Muslim clerk, all of them. Uh, they all worked directly under him, and so a lot of times they would just come to my office and talk to me, and then I would take whatever they had to say to him, you know, and uh, and then I started going to the Protestant chapel because it was right there. And that's when I got connected with the guys. You know, I started reading the book a little bit, started studying a little bit. Like I said, sang with the chapel band, rocked out a bit. I mean, I had a blast while I was there. Matter of fact, I'll, I, I, just, I think I've shown you the picture of when I was with the band, right? Jason, did uh, your involvement yeah. with religion help you get through uh, your sentence? Well, actually, I was already involved with religion before I started my sentence. And, uh, yeah, but it did. Uh I I had a uh, I had a good understanding of my belief in God and Jesus Christ and uh, all that stuff when I started and uh, when I say when I started I mean when I got uh, convicted you know when I started catching my rap and I you know I'm an anarchist I I believe everybody has their own beliefs and they're entitled to it. Uh, but my, my understanding of God really did help me a lot through my times. Um, especially considering with the, uh, the, uh, being deprived of the company of women. No, I was going to say the uh, specifics of my offense. Mm. Yeah. Okay, well, I, get, I think we'll leave off there. I think that's a good place to land, to land, to end. Thank you guys very much for enlightening me about all these topics because I've never done time. Hopefully I'll never will, but uh, at least, you know, being forewarned is being forearmed. That's right. Get some God in your life. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just say forearmed? Forewarned. Forewarned is forearmed. No, I, I, I th yeah, forearmed. Yeah. Yeah. Armed in advance, you know, pre being prepared. 
I'm going to forearm the fuck uh, out of people. This is fucking great. Hey, Morgan, <laughs> Raymond, I, yeah. I thank I thank you guys so much. This was great. For sure. Yeah. Your yeah. first episode. And Ray, don't forget to include that clip of the uh, scared straight thing. Do you still have oh, yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. I send uh, I'll, I'll find it. Yeah, send it to me again. Why not? Just All be right. safe. Yeah. Uh, I gotta get. I gotta get. I got right. shit to do. All right. Do your All thing. Right. All right, everybody. Till next time. Don't get arrested. <sighs>